Good morning, Austin, and everyone else that's listening to our great show we have for you today. This is Nikki Wooding, and with my co-host, Giannis Bankson, together, we are The Grapevine. How are you doing, sir? I'm fine. Good, good, good. Well, I hope everybody is good out there, ready for another great show that we have. Per usual, it's been another busy week. Yeah, you can say that. It definitely was. Make sure, if you're listening on the TuneIn app, that you can listen to our full podcast as well, right? On the TuneIn app. All you have to do is type in the Grapevine Talk, and you will see our great smiling logo at you. And you can hear our full show, because you know, on KAZI, they only have the limited version. But we got the full thing on the podcast, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we normally get them up within 24 hours of KAZI show airing, so. Yeah, so, also make sure to follow us on social media. You can catch us on Instagram and Facebook at The Grapevine Talk and Twitter at The Grapevine ATX. Our podcast is available on various platforms. We have Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, FM Player, Pandora, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and Apple. Come on. That's it. Right? You know? <laughs> you can catch us everywhere else. Nonetheless, let's jump into it. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, cool. So, Texans. Texans. They say, we do it big out here. It's great to be a Texan. We show our love to other places, but, you know, Texas is deep in our hearts. But we're showing a lot of love to New Mexico right now. (laughs) Yeah, if you're living on the border. uh, Well, oh, yeah, on the border. Yeah, if you're like in El Paso and whatnot. Right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> if, if you're in El Paso or close by, you're definitely been taking some more trips. Uh, well, a lot of people right. have been taking more trips across that state line because they have legalized recreational marijuana. New Mexico has. Right, right. You have your share of Texans who are taking a trip across the border to partake and buying some of that <laughs> products that they have there. Yes. And of course, New Mexico is more than happy to welcome Texans across the border because that's money for their state. Right. Just these border towns that have dispensaries there in New Mexico, they are making buku money in comparison to dispensaries that are more away from the border, if you will, from the Texas border. You can go online and check out the numbers. Business is definitely booming, and a lot of things is from Texas since it's illegal here in the state for it to have dispensaries. They're going over to New Mexico and getting their goodies. Yeah, they're saying you know, 9.9 million worth of cannabis was sold that first week. 9.9 million dollars or pounds? Yeah, dollars. Oh, okay. <laughs> 9.9 million dollars in that just that first week. Right. Alone in that one dispensary or one place in Sunland Park, pretty much everybody in line there on April 1st was from El Paso. Right, right. So it's going to bring up that conversation about legalizing it here in Texas. Mm-hmm. Until this leadership changes, I don't see that going too far. Well, I mean, you know, people in, in the legislature, they may start seeing the benefit of marijuana sales, right? Because it's definitely used in various states as a revenue generating product out there in the state, if you will. And it's worked. Colorado, literally, they were in debt and now they have a surplus. That's just one of the many examples that are out there. So if New Mexico sales continue to go up, I think that it might warrant a second look. 
by politicians. It, it, it gets looked at every session, and, and the House more than likely will pass a bill again this upcoming session to do it. The holdup will forever be Dan Patrick because he's just. That's the kind of guy he is. Right. Um, to, <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I think until you, and, and of course, Abbott hasn't said his position on it one way or the other, and then that's the wild card of what he will do. Because if you just change uh, the Senate leadership and it leaves the Senate, Abbott still has the final say. Right. So if you are looking to take the risk to go over there to New Mexico, the Anthony, Texas Police Department, they have said in a statement that if you possess any amount of marijuana in Texas, then we're going to have to arrest you. So you've been on, you're being put on notice that, look, they're not playing any games. Hey, it's a closer access, I guess, for people in the state. I think this is the closest state, right? Yeah, that's the closest state. And of course, there's, I don't know if you've traveled that way lately, there's times where you may not realize you're in New Mexico, no longer in Texas. You may miss that sign. So be careful. You just happen to be on the wrong side of the streets and they catch you with it. Right. There you go. Be careful. Um, If you haven't heard, it wasn't a repeat of the news. There were some more tornadoes that came through the state of Texas this week. There was one that was actually on the news. We watched it develop on the news right outside of Gerald that happened. It was right off of Highway 35. If you're familiar with the state, it's the one that runs north and south through the state. It was uh, like a science class, you know, watching the tornado cloud go literally from the sky to the ground. It was mainly in fields, so there was very limited structural damage and I don't think there was really any people that were injured or fatalities that were reported. Yeah. So that's a great thing. Yeah, I haven't seen any. Of course, it's always fun to drive right through the place where the tornado is for- forming. So, you know, that's interesting. But yeah, it, it, it's, what is this, three weeks since the tornado hit Round Rock and whatnot? Mm-hmm. When the warning went out here for Travis County and Williamson County area, there were people like, man, I haven't even got my house fixed from the last one. I'm still waiting to get repairs done from that. This right. Is, this is crazy. Yeah. And, you know, thankfully, and, oh, and the other part that came with it was the hail. I don't know if you saw the pictures. Yes. Of the did you see how big they were? About five and a half inches. Huh. Like some were bigger than people's hands. Right. Yeah, it was the, the hail was also a, another major component. If you didn't get the tornado, a lot of people got the hail. Right. Well, <laughs> that's a sex one for you today. We do send our thoughts and prayers to anyone that was out there because I know it's traumatizing even watch, seeing something like that. Yeah. You know, because even watching on the news, my mouth was just on the floor of watching all that happen. And I could imagine the people that were on the highway wondering if they were in the tornado's path, right? Right. Well, yeah, and they have stopped. They blocked off 35. Um, the troopers did, state troopers did to try to keep them behind the tornado. So, right, right. Uh, they did do a good job of that. But if you're, of course, if you're not up front and you're not, realizing what's going on. I, I know a lot of people don't listen to the radio nowadays when they're driving. And shame on y'all. Uh, you wouldn't have known that a tornado was coming. So this is just tell your friends to listen to more of terrestrial radio or radio stations in the area. Right, right. That's true. Don't forget to catch us too. You know, that they, they gotta tune in. Right, yeah. Speaking of listening <laughs> to the radio, Greg Abbott, he should be listening to the radio. Oh, Yeah. So he's made people and <laughs> and <laughs> both parties upset. Right. Which is kind of hard to do nowadays. Right. That's effort. Yeah, that's <laughs> effort for real. Right. Last week, he and his quote-unquote battle for border security or whatever to secure the border mm-hmm. decided that he's going to add these new inspections on 
semi trucks coming from Mexico. Mind you, these trucks are already inspected by the federal government. Right. So they're going through one inspection by the federal government and then has to stop again to do a whole nother inspection by Texas. Okay, so do we, I mean, is Abbott saying basically he doesn't trust the federal government's inspection? It's campaign season, so yeah, he's. You know, this is Biden just letting folks come over the border all willy nilly. Uh, and so what this had, what this did is was slow it, slowed down the trucks coming across the border. Right. It made a process that was already a couple hours, I think to be like 10 hours or so to get this done. Truckers are, were upset. So they've done a barricade of the bridge and are not allowing trucks come through the U.S. side with the goods. Right. Mind you, these are things like avocados, broccoli, peppers, strawberries, tomatoes. There's car parts that will be coming along as well, not just produce. If you are seeing a decline in some of your produce that you... Not the biscuits again. Maybe not the biscuits, okay. but if, if you're Maybe. an avocado fan, if okay. you like tomatoes, right. strawberries, it's yeah. that time of year, right? Yeah. Peppers. Well, you know, okay. So you telling me right now, the northern border of the United States, we have truckers complaining about working. And then when the southern border, we have people that are actually working to bring goods across the border. And now Abbott is making it a problem. Yeah. So, you know, these are refrigerated trucks, but of course they run off of diesel and that extra time waiting exactly caused them either malfunction or diesel run out. And so wow. you've had customers, according to our companies, they had, they've had customers cancel because mm-hmm. it's taken days for their goods to arrive. And then, you know, it also extends beyond just produce right? because they have electronics vehicle parts and yeah. medical instruments that are also being held up. Yeah, the Toyota plant in San Antonio. Right. The parts come from Mexico to go to San Antonio to be put built together, the trucks there in San Antonio. So So remind me again, how is this helping Abbott's campaign? So they say okay. in response is, right. to his team. Mm-hmm. This is, I guess, in response to Biden's announcement that he plans to end Title 42, mm-hmm. which was a pandemic-era emergency health order that lets federal officials turn away migrants at the border uh, without the chance to request asylum. This is him trying to say, since Biden won't do his job, we'll do it, even though the federal government is still inspecting these vehicles. Yeah, so when they, right, so how can he make the argument that Biden isn't doing his job when obviously he's doing it? before you expected it again. I don't know. This is just ridiculous and a waste of money because, again, this is taxpayer money to send these people out there to re-inspect all of these trucks. Right. Oh, my gosh. Each inspection takes between 45 minutes and an hour. Right. Good Lord. So that's part of the problem. Let me tell you, he's so exhausting. They're not letting trucks come through the other side either, so they're not getting anything coming into the town, so there's money being lost out as that. So if you see your produce and things, prices going up, and you're wondering what's happening, Mm -hmm. here's why. It's it's that simple. Right, that's why I know. That's why I can not say anything, because it's just Abbott just never ceases to amaze me. That's all. And on Monday, uh, this was over in El Paso, it says from 3 to 5 p.m. that Because they've tried to redirect traffic into the other ports, other bridges, because this is kind of one particular bridge, which is actually the busiest bridge coming in from Mexico. They've tried to redirect some folks going through El Paso and whatnot. But it says the average time for commercial vehicles to cross at the Isleta port of entry Uh peaked around 420 minutes. Or, if you need help with that, that's seven hours. Wow. 
seven hours you're waiting to get across. Wow. <laughs> Your day of work is spent waiting, waiting to get across. Right. Wow. And this could win at that time. Could probably e easily have reached the grocery store. Could easily have made it at least to San Antonio. That's four hours away. Yeah. 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 It could have. It could have done that. So you have Republicans and Democrats alike who are sending letters and saying, hey, this needs to stop. This isn't helping anything yeah. at all. Well, let's take it out of Texas for a second, okay? What is going on in New York City? What is the New York state of mind that is going on in New York? So if you have not heard recently, on Tuesday, passengers on a Manhattan-bound train had to dodge bullets while also being blinded by smoke during a Tuesday morning commute. There was also a manhunt for a gunman, and we still are trying to understand what his motives were for this shooting. So it happened just before 8.30 a.m. when the gunman opened two smoke grenades, brandished a 99-millimeter handgun, and fired at least 33 times at 10 people, seven men and three women. The 10 people were moved to area hospitals, and an additional 13 people were injured from smoke inhalation. There has been a person of interest that has been identified. His name is Frank James, 62 years old. He is a person believed to have rented a U-Haul that was found in Brooklyn. He has both Wisconsin and Philadelphia addresses. They were able to catch Frank James Wednesday. It's just really weird. They have video of him walking around the subway and it's even believed that he called in a tip on himself at a McDonald's on 6th Street and 1st Avenue. Yeah, he called and was just like, yeah, I heard you're looking for me. I'm at this McDonald's. When they showed up, he was gone. But they were able to catch him and he'll have his initial court appearance today in New York City. So we'll see what happens. He's looking at life in prison. Uh, if convicted and more information will come out as this goes forward it's definitely a weird way to wake up and start the morning and hearing that story story happen the day before president biden they just had a ceremony on the white house lawn dealing with guns and shooting and and, and trying to do more to stop it uh, oddly enough and then this happened tuesday morning and you know you had to check up on friends and in, in, yeah. in the new york area and friends who have friends in the new york area to see how because this was in brooklyn right uh, where it took place which is part of what left some folks perplexed because mm -hmm. it was right before Manhattan. And, you know, thankfully nobody passed away. Hey. A miracle that sure. nobody passed away. The Nets, in conjunction with the New York Liberty Foundation, they are donating 50, the Brooklyn Nets, they're donating $50,000 to the victims, mm -hmm. uh, I think, to help pay, like, medical costs and things of that nature. So, right. you know, that's nice of them. And you, you don't expect to wake up to that stuff. It's even more shocking is that the dude is black. That right it's not typically a, if you watch any crime show or whatever that's not typically a black person's mo right right so we want our thoughts and prayers extended to those that were injured hmm. you know for a speedy recovery i think for a lot of people it was scary to think that a regular commute could turn into a war zone i think that when some the last time something to this magnitude has happened it was was that the bombing? I think that was the bombing of the um, train station at the World Trade Center. Yeah. That I was the last time. You could look at the Boston Marathon. No, I'm talking about in New York. Oh, I mean, New the York. New York trains. Yeah, there was another bombing attempt that was thwarted right. a few years after that with a cargo van. Right. Oh, how many years ago was that? I know. As everything's a blur. So, yeah, I, I think. But, this yeah, is... I, I, think it did, I think it just gave everyone PTSD from mm -hmm. that standpoint because I didn't 
know, I think that a lot of us should know what we were racing for, especially with things that are happening around the world right now. Right. You know, you don't know who's behind things, what their motive is or their motives are. You never know what's going on. So it, it just felt like it was just a vulnerable time because we're like I said, we're just sitting there waiting to see what's going to happen. And like you said, I'm glad there were no fatalities. Right. I know this was definitely traumatizing or had New Yorkers, not just from 9-11, but they had been instances of people being pushed on the rail track. I uh, know. The subway track. So this had folks in New York just like, man, if it ain't one thing, it's now this. Something needs to be done. And thank you for bringing that up because, you know, that goes back to my original question when we started talking about all this stuff. What is going on in New York? You know, what is the New York state of mind? Because we have that situation where someone was pushing people on the rail tracks. Mm -hmm. We have this situation, like we were just talking about, with the shooting happening on the train. We have, don't forget, we have Cuomo. You know, Governor Cuomo and his scandal that happened out there. Right. We had the mayor with his remarks that less skilled or skillless. What was his, I forgot his exact term. Right. But he talked about the limited skill set of workers, right. of New York workers. Yeah. Then we have the governor. She is being questioned about ethics. And now we have the lieutenant governor in the scandal and he's resigned. On Tuesday, the lieutenant governor, Brian Benjamin, he was arrested and indicted on charges in connection with his alleged participation in a scheme to obtain campaign contributions in exchange for securing a state grant. Huh. I, you know, we had this conversation prior to him resigning. And yeah. we were questioning whether he was going to do that or not. Just being the fact that I believe he is a candidate for this upcoming election. Well, he still is. Oh, okay. He, and can't, he can't be taken off the ballot unless he, like, dies. Oh, wow. Or uh, Yeah, it's very extreme. There's, like, three instances where he would be removed from the ballot. I just remember one of them is death. So he will still be on the ballot. Right. Because he was the endorsed Democratic, Democratic candidate. candidate. They picked him, I guess, at the party or whatever, right. however they do their elections in New York. Because of that standing, yeah, his name isn't leaving the ballot. So let me and make sure we understand this. Governor Kathy Hoschel, she is the one that appointed Lieutenant Governor Benjamin. Right. She is interim because of, she. well, she is the interim governor after Cuomo. Right. Scandal. So right. these are a whole bunch of interim folks. Yeah. And now we got to find an interim to the interim lieutenant governor because he's no. resigned. She'll just pick another. Right. That means that's number three. Uh-huh. <laughs> She'll pick another and we'll see how this goes with their their upcoming election. Of course, lieutenant governor of New York is the highest paid lieutenant governor in the country. Right. So I'm sure there's going to be folks who are wanting that. Uh, supposedly, there may be some more names coming down uh-huh. from other stories I've seen and heard that there's other names that could be dropping as well or he may not be the only one. Oh yeah. my gosh. We'll, we'll see. We are. Because I mean, it's enough to try to keep up what's going on in New York. Y'all, New York, what is going on? Y'all out doing Florida. <laughs> are they? No. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> All right. So we're going to get some delightful news. I've been waiting to get to this story. All right. All right. Last week when we aired, she was nominated. This week as we air, she is confirmed. I'm talking about Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, or should I say future justice mm-hmm. Katanji Brown Jackson. She was confirmed. Confirmed by the Senate. The vote was 53 to 47 to confirm her and to pave her way to become the first black woman to serve on the high.
highest court in the nation. Yes. This was such an exciting moment. Yes, I shed several, several tears. As a woman in the legal profession, a black woman in the legal profession, you always, like a lot of jobs, feel you have to prove yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Am I doing enough? Am I enough? And that's why Cory Booker, his speech meant so much. I know that a lot of my colleagues, including myself, Cory Booker's speech brought us to tears because it's a daily question with us black women. No matter what profession you're in, no matter what degree you obtain, have I done enough? Am I enough? And to hear a black man tell you that you are enough on that platform, I could see why she was brought to tears. But nonetheless, she's confirmed. That means if my baby girl goes to law school, her law books will have opinions by a black woman for the first time. This is just amazing. It was, you know, good to see it happen after the vote. All the Republicans got up and all the stuff Mitt Romney got up and walked out, which is, was an odd sight to see in itself. But, you know, they've never done that with anybody else. And yeah. I just think that in such a historic moment like this, you couldn't protest in any other way but to walk out on this historic moment in the black woman. I think it was some kind of procedural move they were pulling, and Grandpa didn't even really show up to vote. If you were watching the vote, you saw that long delay. It was like 12 minutes. Right. They were waiting for him. Mm-hmm. He was in his office, mm-hmm. decided he wasn't going to wear, a, I believe, a tie. They have a dress code for the Senate floor, and you have a coat and tie. Right. He didn't want to wear that, so he voted from the cloakroom by giving a thumbs down, you know, opened the door, and stuck his thumb down because he wasn't allowed on the floor, and he wasn't going to show up, apparently. It wasn't important enough for him to show his face. Wow. And I just think that the disrespect of that moment. But again, it just comes to show that, you know, sometimes people may not be happy or be approving of your journey, but keep going anyway, you know? (laughs) But I will say with Biden and his administration, they did keep their promise of getting a black woman on the Supreme Court, which I do believe is probably going to be one of the major campaign sales this upcoming season. Because also, looking at these latest reports, the Gallup World Poll has claimed that the U.S. leadership approval has shot up 15 percentage points. And that is showing a vast improvement during Joe Biden's first year in office and how much the globe had soured on former President Donald Trump. So, yeah. I think you can see some of that with for all that you may agree and disagree with with Biden on. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that has been coming from how he's he's basically rallied the other countries of the world with this Ukraine-Russia situation. Right. Where he's been leading the way. Mm -hmm. I think that shows respect the other countries have for him. Mm -hmm. Again, whether you agree with some of the stuff he does or not, this is showing international respect that they're having for the country again, the United States again. Right. So, it's him taking that lead with NATO and, and, and what have you. So it's a bit of good news for his White House. There's some struggles they're going through domestically. Uh-huh. They got some work to do when it comes to, from that point of view. But it's good to see that on the world stage, we are respected and, and, and liked again, I guess. And I think that's what the Democrats are getting wrong is they have to bring that world stage down to a smaller stage, which is us, just the U.S., How do they translate that approval into their campaigns and things of that nature to help energize and mobilize people to get out and vote? Because, I mean, even the poll people, they said that they were 
were they knew there was gonna be a bump they just didn't know what to what magnitude it was gonna happen but just to think that the last time there was like a similar bump was when Obama took office mm-hmm. after Bush when people were upset about the Iraq war and Bush's foreign policy right so I'm just wondering with all of these wins I feel that the Democratic Party has experienced and seen during Biden's administration thus far how are they really going to get that message to voters about these successes well the the problem is the wins haven't been anything of his major promises right mm, is so that true that take away the black woman on the okay. Supreme Court okay I was about to say whoa which it's cool it, it's great it happened I mean but that only happened because they convinced Breyer to retire right mm-hmm. so in reality he hasn't come through with any of his major promises of with stu- when it came to student loans wiped, well he's wiped some of that out in pieces he's done that but he talked about a bigger thing to be done his Build Back America plan which we know what happened with that and he's even struggling now to get a second COVID package out that he needs to get out when it comes to some money. Right. The frustration that people are going to have and do have is that when he won and you saw the Democrats had the House and the Senate, people were expecting stuff to happen. Right. And because they saw the past four years how parties can fall in line and go along basically with what the president wants when you have control of all chambers, right? Mm-hmm. Well, even though it was a little different with the Senate being how it's split, but it was still a Democratic control Senate people were expecting stuff to happen. Right. That didn't happen. And for better or worse, they're going to have to figure out how to address that. Because that's what's going to either keep people home or turn some people off. I know, but very rarely do a lot of policies and promises get passed in the first term of a president, which is why they really try to push for two. Like you were talking about Obama. He had his one shining moment, if you will, with the ACA that he had in his first term. His BFD. Right. So what Biden did in his first term was getting a split Senate mm-hmm. to vote in a black woman into the Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And he was able to accomplish that. Sure. I understand that there's a lot of other moving parts as well, but I believe that wasn't at the, uh, at the time Obama wasn't at an office. He still had a majority, though. His first half of his first term. Kind of Correct. like what Biden has now. So, like I said, it, it's great that he got the first black woman on the Supreme Court, but with folks looking at inflation and everything else, and he talked about his build back better and how he was going to bring parties together to get this done. That's going to be the problem of, it's great that he, we got Kentanji done, but that's not going to be the sticking point he's going to need to really get folks excited because his domestic policy that he wanted to do, because his build back better plan was supposed to be his signature thing, like how President Trump had his tax cuts. Okay. This was supposed to be his signature thing that's going to help the economy to get it going. And it wasn't even stopped by Republicans. It was stopped by his own, two people in his own party. Right. So, and so that's going to be the frustration level people are going to have. That they have to figure out how are you going to draw people out? What's your message going to be to draw folks out? Because so, you, so you're just saying that Katanji, or excuse me, soon to be Justice, Katanji Brown Jackson isn't enough. Correct. I just think that the standard, I know I don't know where the standard has been raised at some point, but we have to really start looking at all of our successes because I don't think that just the Build Back Better plan it has the magnitude to overshadow every other thing that the Democrats have accomplished. We had the Emmett Till Lynch mm-hmm. bill that was gotten through the House. Yep, we got had, it through Congress. 
Oh, excuse, yes, got through Congress. Uh-huh. We have, I'm trying to remember everything. I can't right now. I'm on the spot. I should have been ready for this moment. Hold on. <laughs> well, but the thing is, we don't have to uh, lay out all that stuff. I'm, they have to, right? They're going to have to figure out their messaging. The Emmett Till was a good thing, mm-hmm. but folks are still hurting domestically, and that's going to be their problem. Mm-hmm. What are you doing for my pockets? What are you doing to get down? Yeah, what are you doing for my pockets and get things going back to normal? And that's where they're going to have to have something. Is it possible that they can get this second COVID deal he's trying to get worked out? It was. It's going to be smaller than what he wanted. It was it's going to be a lot smaller than what he wanted. And there's still some hangups with that. If he gets that, that probably that gives him a little some more momentum going into. He got COVID tests to our door. Right. And in order to keep doing that, he needs to get this second part going. I know. Right, but like I said, his who polling, is setting the bar? His polling, his his domestic polling numbers are no, not pretty. No, actually went up. That's what they're saying in this article, that they're going up. His domestic or his international? Domestic. His, his domestic, he's still struggling. Now, he's going to have a bump from Kentanji, but they're going to have to do something to get folks energized and wanting to, because he's not on the ballot this election. It's, right. It's the folks in places that he needs to either maintain and pick up. And, right, and I think and, that their focus of their campaign should be how they have helped some of like the infrastructure bill go through, how they helped the Emmett Till bill, go, I mean bill go through, how they helped Katanji Brown get confirmed. That is the platform that I think that they should take. But I'm not a campaign strategist. I just feel that, like I said, the Democrats do a horrible job of highlighting their successes and really making sure that the American people are aware of what they may consider small might be something impactful for another voter. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I am Giannis Banks. I'm here with Nikki Wooding, just in case y'all forgot who we were. Damn, that would have been quick. Yeah, well, short-term memory, man. I forget names in 30 seconds after you tell me a name, so. Uh, really? Girl, I don't remember names. Huh. I gotta be focused, like hyper-focused to remember somebody's name. It's it's serious. I'm glad you remember me every week. Yeah, well, you know, I use your name every week, so okay. it helps. Okay. It, it helps. <laughs> Let's get into your legal minute. Okay, so the jurors in Michigan acquitted two men of conspiring to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmore. So you remember back during COVID, they threatened to kidnap the governor because they didn't agree with her policy. Now, the names were Daniel Harris, Daniel Caserta, Adam Fox, and Barry Croft, and they called themselves the Wolverine Watchmen. They were members of a self-styled militia group, and they practiced paramilitary training. The two men, Daniel Harris and Daniel Caserta, they were the two that were acquitted. They're going to go free. Adam Fox and Barry Croft, the jewelry was deadlocked, so they have to retry them. What the defense was saying is that a government informant entrapped them, and despite them talking a tough game while they were under the influence... They didn't do anything. Again, there's going to be another trial that's going to be set for the two remaining defendants in this case. What the outcome in this case shows is that the government failed to prove its case. But it doesn't say at all that it's okay to plot and do these things against a governor or any state official for that matter or anyone. I just think that I don't want people to interpret this verdict to believe that hey if i didn't do anything it's enough yeah but that was their argument and i know it worked i know and they add marijuana to the mix and they just talked a good game 
that's the problem is that yeah that's the problem right so <laughs> moving along we have two coaches that have joined the lawsuit with the former Miami Dolphins head coach Brian Flores remember he's suing the NFL for racial discrimination based on their hiring practices those two coaches are Steve Wilkes who was the Arizona Cardinals head coach in 2018 and Ray Horton, an NFL assistant since 1994, who actually interviewed for the Tennessee Titans head coaching job in 2016. They allege in the amended complaint that the Texans retaliated against Flores by removing him from consideration for their head coaching vacancy due to his decision to file this action. So they amended it to include that recent situation as well. The amended lawsuit was filed in the Southern District of New York and is asking for transparency in NFL hiring, incentives for hiring black coaches, and increased visibility for black assistant coaches. Yeah, the Wilkes thing was curious to a lot of people because he was just there for one year. Mm-hmm. He went 3-13. and 13. Mm-hmm. They fired him, brought in Cliff Kingsbury and, and drafted the quarterback they got now, who name has just slipped my mind, but that's fine. Mm-hmm. He wasn't given a chance to even rebuild the Right. He was like, I was just a bridge coach till you got this guy you want. And mm. there's a lot of people who were rubbing their head like, really, one year? They were 3-13, and 13, but they weren't that bad. Right. He and needed so, a chance to rebuild it, right? Not at the all. Program. He, he, I, that's what he needed, though. Right. And he's saying, given the opportunity that the current coach has, and he's not knocking their current coach. He's just like, if I had that opportunity, I'd be doing just as well as him. Now, with Horton, that's the fun one. Okay. Who's with the, who was with the Titans. Tell me why. So, they're former coach Mike Malarkey. Mm-hmm. He was hired 2016 when Horton interviewed Ford. Mm-hmm. They both were on the Titans coaching staff before their previous coach got fired. Mm-hmm. So Malarkey gave an interview on a podcast talking about this. And he says, basically, he always prided himself of doing the right thing in this business. And sometimes that doesn't happen. And he wants to basically clear the air. He was given that job before the Rooney Rule interviews happened. Okay. Okay. The ownership told him, you are a guy. This is your job. The general manager was like, why am I even interviewing you? This is you, fam. It's your job. They interviewed Horton knowing he didn't have a chance. And he felt bad because he knew that there were guys preparing. And this is what Malarkey was saying. This is on tape. Mm-hmm. Malarkey saying he felt bad because there were guys preparing hard for his interview. Like they actually had a shot when the mind was made up already. Right. Mmm, this case just keeps getting juicier and juicier. And I don't think this is the end of these just these two coaches joining the case. I think they'll be more and there's going to be more things that come out. Yeah, I believe there was another and I haven't seen much about it, but I believe there's also was a woman who has joined the case as well. Right. So yeah, there'll be more. Right. All right. So I want to also spotlight this case as well. His name is Emmanuel Fair and he is suing the city of Seattle because he spent more than eight years in a Seattle jail without a conviction for murder because he was at a party where he was the only African-American male. So back in October of 2010, there was a Halloween party where he met a young lady who was killed a couple of hours after they met. As far as Fair's attorneys allege, he was isolated as the main suspect because of his race and his past criminal record. So he was convicted of a rape charge back in 2004. In Fair's lawsuit, he's contending that the detectives aligned their evidence to match their theory, especially using his background, specifically of that previous allegation, and then went along to disregard almost half a dozen non-black suspects in the case. 
The court documents also detail negligence by detectives and outsourcing a famous psychic medium to give their opinion of the case. Fair was tried with sexual assault twice and was acquitted after his second trial in June 2019. And now he is struggling to reconstruct his life after all of this has happened. I wanted to spotlight this case because this is unfortunately not a lone situation because we have heard plenty of situations where black men and women have been in jail for plenty of years without a conviction. If you remember the story of Broder, Mm -hmm. He was in jail and then matter of fact, when he got back out, he committed suicide when he was released from jail. And you can see, like I said a minute ago, when he was saying in this lawsuit that he's trying to reconstruct his life and see what that looks like on the outside of the prison cell. You know, that is a true issue that a lot of people face when they do leave the prison or the jailhouse. I am going to watch this case to see what retribution that he gets for this time that he has spent in jail for literally nothing. The arresting officer told him or mentioned that when you, when you brought race into it, the officer during the investigation mentioned he seemed suspicious because he was the only black guy hmm. at the party. Yeah, there was a lot of evidence that just didn't add up. And yeah, it's a case to pay attention to. Okay, and last but not least, as far as cases to pay attention to, so a Moscow court declined in the by the former U.S. Marine Trevor Reed. He is actually from Texas. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he is serving out his nine-year sentence for his conviction in 2019 of endangering the lives of two police officers while drunk on a visit to Moscow. So the United States has called his trial a theater of the absurd. The reason why his case is so important is he's one of, I believe, three people are Americans right now that are being detained in Russian prisons. And one that we do not want to forget and want to highlight is Brittany Griner that's currently being detained at a Russian jail or prison. I don't even know which one it is. As we speak, she's not due to be in court until May, and she's been held since February. I know that the... WNBA released a statement as well and they are working very hard to help bring Britney home and I just want to make sure that these stories do stay on the forefront especially Britney because it's been a constant issue within media that black women during their plights they don't get as much acknowledgement and media time as other people do so we want to make sure that our sister knows that she is being lifted in prayer if she ever hears our show but at the same time that our community we stay abreast of what's going on even if it is international okay that was my legal minute i think i'm done that was all that i had today all right yeah you know she played for the phoenix mercury right but you know also in phoenix what's going on is the head coach monty williams is the coach of the year yes well yeah he's the coach of the year as voted by the nba coaches association which is no slight it's it's a big deal the nba would do their coach of the year uh later on in the playoffs so Mm -hmm. he could get a double right We'll see, but yeah, he, you know, congrats to him. Phoenix played hard this year from, okay, I ain't watched none of the games, but from the highlights <laughs> I've seen and from what I heard people talking, they played great this year, so right. uh, maybe they'll win a championship this year. Kudos to him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I didn't watch any of the games. I'm sorry. I can't attest for all that, but yes. But yes, kudos to him for that. But also kudos to, let's say, Misha Williams Holiday of Jackson State University. She was picked by the Indiana Fever in the third round of the 2022 WNBA draft. Now you're probably asking, why are we bringing her up? It's because she is the first 
HBCU player to be drafted into the WNBA in 20 years. Whoa, did you know that? So the last time players were drafted into the WNBA from HBCUs was in 2002. That was Andrea Gardner from Howard University, Amber Canogo from North Carolina Central University, all right, Eagle Nation, and Jacqueline Winfield from Southern University. This is a great moment, especially for HBCUs again. But shout out to Jackson State. They're doing big things. I mean, hey, is it not every week we're talking about something with Jackson State? It's the Dion effect. I'm telling you, it's real. It is real. So, yes, shout out to her. I can't wait to hear all the great things that she's going to do right there in the WNBA and hopefully leave the door open so that other players can follow behind her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, so you got to take this story because I'm still trying to understand what is going on. If you haven't heard recently, there was a death in the NFL with Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, it was a tragic story. He was drafted by the Washington Commanders Mm -hmm. out of Ohio State, was their number one pick. From there, he went on to Pittsburgh where he was working to make the team in Pittsburgh and was down in Florida with other quarterbacks and receivers. They were doing some bonding and doing some workouts, you know, getting their rhythms down, getting their timing down with each other. And he, something happened. They haven't said what it was. He was on on the highway and something happened and he was out of his car walking and was trying to cross over the interstate, cross the lanes of the highway when he was hit by a dump truck. And so you say he was walking on the interstate, so he wasn't in the car. He wasn't in the car. There's some people who believe he ran out of gas. But nothing has been said of this. Uh, there it was a, a story from a witness who sounds like he might have been the last person who saw him alive. He didn't mm-hmm. know who he drove past. He was talking and saying, yeah, I did drive past somebody I saw walking on the highway. And he was actually worried that the guy would get hit by a car. And like, he did see, see him raise his hands up in the air. So to me, that's a sign of somebody in distress trying to get some help. What right. it sounds like to me. Was this near the facility that they were practicing or... I don't know. Wow. That I, I don't know. And he's not from Florida. He's not, but that's where the that's team... That's where he was... That's where the team was the practicing. quarterback and some wide receivers. They were training out there. They were working together, yeah. Right. It's just so bizarre about yeah. him being on the interstate, just hmm, yeah. walking on the interstate for no reason. I would think that he would be out there for some reason. And yeah, quite possibly he could have a vehicle. There, there could have been a vehicle issue, but mm-hmm. I know it doesn't take away the fact that, you know, his wife is now a widow yeah. and his family is now without a son, brother, mm-hmm. cousin, nephew. Yeah, and his teammates are now without a teammate and a friend. Correct. Uh, coaches and former teammates alike, they said great things about him and, and talked about how hard this is, which, yeah, it was... It was was kind of rooting for him this year. I knew he was going to have an opportunity to possibly start right. this year. was hoping he would have a good go for the competition and, and was looking forward to seeing what he was going to do out there. Yeah. Also, we had a recent passing of Gilbert Gottfried. He died. He was 67 years old. He had ongoing medical issues that was released by his friend and publicist um, on Tuesday in regards to his death. He performed stand-up comedy for over 50 years, and a lot of us remember his voice. He was a plethora of other characters. And Aladdin. Yes. He was the Affleck duck. 
voice. Yeah, that's right. Of course, he, yeah, he had one of the voices you... You know. Yeah, you hear that yeah. voice, there's, you can't hide it. Right, and he had one of those, he definitely had a distinctive voice. Yeah, you're right. So, the world's gonna miss him, but, you know, I'm glad that we still forever get to experience his craft, because it's gonna continue on from generation to generation, and thank you for him making the world laugh, mm-hmm. and he will be missed. I, it's not gonna lighten the mood much, but we're gonna move on to Will Smith. Ooh, everybody. <laughs> everybody has their opinion about the Will Smith situation, don't they? Yeah, they do. Okay. The Oscars have made a decision in regards to how they're going to address the situation with Will Smith based on his conduct at the recent Oscar ceremony where he slapped Chris Rock. The board has decided for a period of 10 years from the date of April 8th that Mr. Smith shall not be permitted to attend any Academy events or programs in person or virtually, including but not limited limited to the Academy Awards. So and they say all that to say <laughs> that Will Smith can't go to any Academy related event function for 10 years. He can still win one, so yeah. It, but he can't go there to pick it up. I yeah. like like I said before, he should have been he should have had his past one from the curve. Mm-hmm. However, since they failed to get that right, I mean, I guess this is Okay, I don't know if this is necessarily quote unquote the punishment, but it is what it is. Like you said, he can still win. Mm-hmm. He does have a lot of projects that are still coming out, but some of them that right now that are delayed. And there's a lot of studios that are questioning whether they want to be affiliated with him with all this going on and how long they can delay their projects to allow the stuff to pass over. It's going to be interesting, Mr. Smith. But did you see his daughter was recently on Saturday Night Live? Willow was. She, you know, she's a singer. Uh-huh. She did very well. Actually, I was surprised. I've, I've never really listened to her music before. I haven't listened since we whipped our hair back and forth. Yeah, this was actually surprisingly good. Yeah, she followed her mother's footsteps after that with the music to a more rock sound. You know, she had talked about in the past discrimination that black folks can face in that genre. Mm-hmm. But no, I didn't see her on, on Saturday Night Live. Mm, okay. Well. I thought she was going somewhere else with that, but yeah. Where do you think I was going? The letter she wrote to Tupac. Who? Willow. Oh, no. I don't know about it. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, she wrote a letter to Tupac? Yeah. Recently? No. Oh. Oh. I- I'll show it to you later. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. But let's get into our favorite part of the show. We can lighten it up now. Black Excellence. Right. What you got? Well, you know, we talked about football earlier. Right. We talked about minority coaches or in the front office or women mm-hmm. in the front office or in coaching. And so Howard University is hiring their first full-time woman to be on the football team. Her name is Janice Pettyjohn, and she will be the first woman hired to be a full-time uh, she will be the assistant director of football operations and director of on-campus recruiting. Mm. And well, congratulations. She's 22 years old mm-hmm. and is fresh out of college. Wow. And she's the assistant director of football operations. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations to her. And I guess we're going to stay in football news for a second because did you know Colin Kaepernick, he has a new children's book out. He has released a book called I Color Myself Different, and it chronicles his personal life journey of what it was like to identify himself as a black boy growing up in a white adoptive family. The lesson he learned during drawing assignment, coupled with his love for reading as a child, speaks to Kaepernick's goal of representing blackness in his book. So, looking for, I guess, an interesting book. There you go. Add that to the book list. And then also, we're going to spotlight Texas Southern University. They have recently 
recently partnered with Southwest Airlines. They are starting the airline's first officer recruitment program called Destination 225 Degrees. Well, what it means is 225 degrees on a compass is the southwest direction. Get it? Southwest? Yes. Okay. There you go. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so the program was developed to lead aspiring pilots to Southwest Airlines. Through this agreement, they will be the only school in Texas that offers a combined Bachelor's of Science degree in Aviation Science Management and, beginning just six years ago, a Bachelor's of Science degree as a professional pilot. So, we've heard that there's been a lot of discussion as well that there is a need for an increase of diverse pilots. I think that this is a program that's definitely going to fulfill that need. Hey. We're looking to see what this program brings to cockpits around the world. Fly those friendly skies. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. But guess what? As friendly as the skies are and these radio waves are, we got to go. So it has been a pleasure being with you, my friend. Always. <laughs> and with you. Oh, I should say it's been a pleasure to be with you too, I guess. Yeah. Why, no. why are you saying it like that? It, it was. I'm joking. Okay, I about to say, I could have busted out with some prayer view news because I was actually ready. But you know what? I'll save it for next week. Okay. I might have a whole prayer view segment. Yeah, we'll see how much of that makes. You forget who does the editing. So, yeah. Wow. Uh-huh. See what I go through, y'all? Okay. But anyway, thanks for listening. It's been, of course, a pleasure to chat with all of you. Yes. We will be here again next week on Thursday at 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. That's Central Standard Time. You are tuned in to The Grapevine. Yep. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. That too. We're Facebook and Instagram as The Grapevine Talk. Mm-hmm. And Twitter with The Grapevine ATX. That's us. So, yeah. Give us a shout. If you got something you want to hear us talk about, shoot us a message. All right. With that being said, let's sign off. We gone. All right.